When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by the title, today's episode will be a combo with One Dollar Lawyer and Mental Coach Jagal. And this will be my final impressions, both. But technically, for One Dollar Lawyer, this would also be my overall impressions because I never did a first impressions of it. Um, but I have talked about One Dollar Lawyer a little bit, so I did want to um, follow up with at least my final thoughts or my final impressions on both dramas. So before we jump into my final impressions of these two, I did want to mention briefly about a new project that Lola pops off about K-dramas is doing. And this is one that I need help with. And the help that I need is from you, my lovely listeners. I definitely have maybe (laughs) chewed off more than I can handle, but I'm so excited about this project. And it's kind of my version of collaboration and hearing from you and having your voice be a part of this podcast. So I would love it if you could help me with this project and all that I need from you. And I swear it's not it's not asking too much. I promise. I promise. I promise. I thought about this. And I was like, okay, it can't be anything that's going to take up too much of anyone's time, but it, it does, it does take up a little bit of time because you have to kind of, you know, take your time and think about the questions. But what I have done, if you will visit my blog, it is Lola pops off about kdramas.com. You can also find my blog linked from my Instagram link tree in the bio. Um, but that is where you'll find my um, little project. And it's simply asking you to respond to some questions in a Google form about your experience with K-dramas. And it's around 30 or so questions, (laughs) but I think some of them will be really easy for you to answer really quick to get through. And then a few of them may require a little bit of more time and thought, but I definitely would love it if you could take out a little bit of your time to respond to the questions so that I can hear from you and highlight your voice um, as a part of this podcast. And I want to do this more often so that I, again, I am highlighting you guys' voices um, so that the entire popping community that we have over here can hear your voice. Okay. So please, please help me. Please, please, please. I'll also have it linked in the description of this episode. So you could just go there directly and find the questions. All right. So now let's get to the real matter at hand. And that is, of course, my final impressions of $1 Lawyer, as well as Mental Coach Jacob. So originally I had planned on doing, um, and actually already did a Mental Coach Jacob final impressions episode. And then I was going to do um an overall impressions of $1 Lawyer. However, I ended up changing my mind um, because I kind of read the room, (laughs) kind of read the room and realized not as many people may have tuned in or watched both of these. Um, And so I didn't want to have two kind of episodes come out um, and back to back essentially and be focused on dramas that maybe no one really watched or cared about. (laughs) I, you know, and I'll tell you more about about these two dramas in a minute. So I decided just to put them together. But I do want to start off by mentioning and just spoiling this final impressions episode about these two dramas. I can just tell you right now, I absolutely adored Mental Coach J. Gal. I absolutely adored One Dollar Lawyer. They are definitely two of my favorite dramas of the year. Um, and yes, that's a lot to say, but I have to say I love them both too 
pieces. Um, I'll go into more details about that, of course, but I definitely want to just go ahead and spoil that for you because as much as I feel like maybe not as many people tuned into these two, I don't know why, because they were great. They were absolutely great. Oh my goodness. They were so good to me. So now let me get into the similarities that I was saying kind of about these two and why I think it makes total sense for me to talk about them in one go. Um, because I, like I said, I didn't even realize it. Like, oh my gosh, this is why I love these two dramas. They're, they have something very similar about them. Um, so the first thing is obvious. It is in the title of these two. So they are both titled after their main character. We have title characters um, in these dramas. We have our mental coach, Jegal, or Jega Gil, or Gil Jegal. And then we also have our $1 lawyer, who is Chon Ji Hyun. And that was immediately my first kind of signal of why I thought I should love these dramas. I, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I go on and on about it. So my favorite um, aspect of storytelling in any capacity is the characters. I enjoy well-drawn, well-crafted characters. I love to see a story follow a character's development throughout a course of, you know, span of time, as opposed to necessarily following a plot. So a more character-driven storyline versus plot-driven storyline. And, you know, if you listen to me, I talk about that all the time. Um, so I should have already known <laughs> from this story, from these titles of these dramas that I was going to immediately be drawn because I got the opportunity to focus on one character and their journey and their story. So this is a character driven story. Beautiful. So that was the first thing that I should have known I was going to love about these two. The next thing that I should have known was that the other aspect of this kind of character driven story is that in both of their titles, you can see that these characters are identified by their occupations. One is a mental coach and one is a lawyer, a prosecutor, you know, slash lawyer. Um, depends on the time of the drama, um, <laughs> but depends on the time in the story of the drama. But the point is that I love when I get to explore you know, a job, occupation, or some kind of experience um, that a character uses to identify themselves with, but also it um, can develop their character and that it shows how they interact with people because of that occupation. It, it makes, it determines their personality as far as like what kind of person makes this kind of occupation. So you get to explore that. And I enjoy that. I absolutely enjoy that. So I um, should have also known from that, that I was going to enjoy these two stories. The other thing that was very similar, and I noted this in my first mention of both of these dramas in previous episodes, I noted about the writers of these two dramas. The writer for Mental Coach J. Gal is the same writer who wrote the um, drama Angry Mom. It is a drama that I absolutely adore when it dropped. Um, and I actually had followed its kind of development um, because something, and I don't know if you guys know this, if you've been watching K-dramas for a really long time, there at times are these, or used to be at least, these, um, what would you say, contests um, that the major um, TV stations would basically hold to kind of, you know, spice things up in the, you know, the writing room, because it would be back in the day, there would be writers on repeat. Like you had the same big names always writing for every big network. And, you know, it can get a little stale that way. And it was just like, okay, let's, 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 let's spice this up. So they would sometimes have these, um, kind of screenwriting K-drama contest. And the writer for Angry Mom, Kim Bondi, I believe is her name, was the winner of this. She won this contest and her script was for Angry Mom. And the, the goal is if you win, your screenplay will be developed into um, a drama. So 
After hearing about this, I was so excited. I was so excited when they had the contest running because I was like, yes, we're getting new writers. And then when they, you know, said who won, I was like, okay, great. And so when the drama dropped, I was there. And this is what I think was to the, the 2015. So I was super excited about this kind of new writer on the scene. And it did not disappoint. Having just a new voice in there, someone coming with a different perspective, just kind of throwing something new and special into the mix of all the K-dramas that we were watching, it was it was refreshing. It was very refreshing. And she did a great job. It was a wonderful screenplay. Um, definitely some similarities I could tell between this and Mental Coach, but not bad, not bad similarities. Um, and I just, I was just impressed. I was thoroughly impressed. So knowing that Mental Coach was written by the same writer, I was so excited and I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> I knew it was going to be good. So that was something that I thought was pretty cool. But the cool thing too, is that this is similar to One Dollar Lawyer because the writers for One Dollar Lawyer also were winners of a screenwriting contest. <laughs> so it was a similar setup and they won and it took, I think, some time, like some years or some time for it to actually get developed into a drama. And finally, when it got developed, it was in, it, it was $1 Lawyer. So super cool that this was kind of similar. So like, you know, I don't know if there are new writers necessarily, but it was, it felt fresh. It felt very fresh in the K-drama scene, $1 Lawyer. So it was just like, ah, oh, this is, this is what happens when you give some new voices or some different voices, the kind of a platform, this is what can come from it. And so I was really excited to support both of these dramas just alone because of the screenwriting. Um, but the other thing to note, and this is the, the kind of big transition for me to talk about, um, each of the dramas individually. This is me going into $1 Lawyer now. I have to say, One Dollar Lawyer was originally scheduled or slated for 14 episodes. We found out about, you know, a little over midpoint in this drama that it was actually getting cut down um, from 14 to 12. And wasn't sure originally the reason. I assumed after hearing this news that it was because they were going to do something different. I mean, something similar to um, Poong, the Jolson psychiatrist, where they basically cut their drama down so that they can then go on to do a part two or like a season two in the new year. I thought that's what they were going to probably do. I was like, okay, technically One Dollar Lawyer does have the setup where that would make sense. So I didn't, I wasn't too mad. I was not too mad. However, it came to my attention after further kind of just seeing news about One Dollar Lawyer and this um, missing two episodes. It came out that apparently the reason why it got cut down from 14 to 12 episodes was because of an internal conflict with, um, I guess, the writers, the production, the um whoever was doing um, the, the studio, like it was like some kind of internal conflict and they could not agree on some aspect of this drama so much so that the writers were like, you know what? You're not getting, you're not getting all of that. This is it. We're done. And I am so sad, <laughs> so sad that that was, that was the case because to me, it sounds like there will be no more going forward with this. There will be no part two. There will be no season two. It is like they wrapped up and that breaks my heart, <laughs> breaks my heart because if this was going to, there's going to be any drama that goes on for season two, it would be one dollar lawyer. However, no, it does not seem to be the case, but this is the other thing about one dollar lawyer. Even knowing that this drama got cut down and they kind of like, you know, sped things up, cut things out, cut things down to kind of finish this story and hurriedly, even in doing that, it still was good. It still was good. Now, that's how you know. They knew what they were doing. They did a wonderful job even in the midst of all the turmoil to still be able to wrap up this this drama without it feeling too too like too many plot holes or something was missing they did a pretty darn good job you can tell there you could tell unfortunately though in some episodes towards the end there where they were speeding up where they were kind of cutting things out to get to the end faster and it was disappointing i could tell i was disappointed but it wasn't so bad that it took away from my enjoyment of this drama as a whole. So that is a highlight right there off the bat for $1 Lawyer. 
love it, love it, love it. Now, let me tell you a little bit about One Dollar Lawyer if you haven't watched it or if you don't even know what this is. So One Dollar Lawyer is actually a... um, very similar to a legal procedural drama in the in the states. Um, if you're familiar with a drama like or a TV show like Bones, it is very similar in that regards, where it has these kind of procedural episodic cases that you focus on for one episode or maybe one and a half episode, and then you move on to the next case. So this is nothing new under the sun. We always, we know those episodic procedural situations, Um, but it also is quite comedic. This is very, this is so comedic. Um, It's a very funny drama. I laughed out loud multiple times and a lot of it was just witty and smart comedy and it wasn't all slapstick and silliness. There were actually funny um, moments in dialogue and I appreciated that so much because I feel like a lot of times when I do say, oh, this drama was so funny. I think an element of that is a lot of times it's slapstick. It's very much like, oh, that was so silly. Ha 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 ha. That was so funny. But no, there was a lot of wit to this drama that I can't say. I I just think I was so impressed by. (laughs) So I was like, oh my gosh, it's not only, you know, well-written, funny, it's witty, you know? And I really, really, really appreciated that about this drama for it to be so comedic. It still was very smart in its comedy. Um, This drama also, again, because it's a legal drama, we are following multiple kind of cases. The only thing that I think was quite different from this drama as opposed to maybe other legal dramas is that we didn't get a lot of courtroom scenes. A lot of the court, the law that happened and the legal aspects that happened were all kind of outside and we were in the office space a lot of times, which I thought was actually quite unique and I enjoyed. I love a good courtroom scene. I love it. I love it. I love it. But that was just not the focal point of this drama. A lot of the, like I said, legal background, illegal scenes and things that were happening were all kind of in this office setting or kind of on the ground investigating kind of thing. So it kept it super interesting. We didn't have those kind of stale moments that courtroom scenes can sometimes bring. The other thing to note about this is that we have, um, again, we're following our main character, our title character, Chun Ji Hun, and he is the $1 lawyer. And the fun thing about this drama, and it's in the opening, it's set up in this kind of um, anime um, (laughs) comic way, and it's so cute. And he's basically, you know, the opening is completely animated, and he is set up to be this kind of Robin Hood superhero figure or like, you know, Manwa main character. And it's just hilarious and adorable and makes total sense if you are watching the drama, why his character is being portrayed that way. Um, and I and I love that. And it, again, made it, keep kept it fun, kept it interesting to have this element of this character being this kind of Robin Hood-esque um, superhero character. But the cool thing about this drama is that they didn't just rest in that. They didn't just follow this character in his kind of like, you know, Robin Hood ways and his kind of little abstract way of handling cases because he was very unusual. He did things in a wacky way. He he dressed a little weird. He always had sunglasses on and, you know, his hair was, wasn't slick back and neat. You know, that was something that, um, and, I mean, and he was, you know, he couldn't afford to pay um, the, the the land the landlady for his office space. You know, he was always running from her because he couldn't afford to pay for his rent and da 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 da. Like that was his type of you know way that he presented himself. However, the way that the drama showcase showcases that aspect of this character, they also do this thing in the middle of the drama where we actually get a flashback from multiple episodes, and in the flashback of these multiple episodes, we get to see who our $1 lawyer was previous to the one that we have been following and that we've been running after and and enjoying. We get to see that he was completely the opposite of how he has been presenting himself in these current times. And it is due to, you know, we find out some kind of traumatic things that happened to him. But the, the interesting thing is that usually when you find these type of stories where the character does a complete 180 and he's not the way that he used to be, it's usually that he was a happy-go-lucky kind of guy and then all of a sudden he's not so happy-go-lucky because guess what? He's been, you know, traumatized. And now he's, you know, hard in his heart. He's a man of stone and no one can come get through to him. Like, no, 
not the case. He actually was the opposite in the ba- in the past. He was very kind of stoic. He was about his business as a prosecutor. He didn't take no for an answer. He, he, he was like, you know, once he was on a case, it was getting solved, right? That's who he used to be in the past. And it was after some time of meeting someone and that person warming up, you know, warming him up and kind of breaking down the walls a little bit that he is then able to kind of change, but he doesn't really change. You know, he just kind of lets this one person in and then that one person gets ripped right from him and his world kind of falls apart. But after his world falls apart, he does not turn into, like I said, this kind of worst version of his past self. He turns into this Robin Hood character who is trying to live up to a legacy of this person that he lost. Um, And he does a beautiful job of kind of, you know, presenting like he's this wacky, weird guy who doesn't seem to know what he's doing. Then all of a sudden he solves the case and he's taking care of everything and you're good to go. So it was just great to see these two um, aspects of this one character. And of course, this has a lot to say about the actor because, you know, this is um, our Wonder Owl Lawyers played by um, Nan Kung Min. And when, I mean, you can say what you want about him, but man, man he can act his tail off. And like I said, this character was basically kind of dual-sided and he had to show this range between the way that that character started to the the character changing and then to that character being this kind of new version of himself, Um, but also still not being um, completely unrealistic unrealistic of how he made that change to this new version of himself that is this more wacky, unusual um, guy. Absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And at first, when I saw that they were doing this in the middle of the drama where we were getting this entire flashback, the way that they set it up was still beautifully done very, very smartly done. Um, So there was no kind of hiccups along the way, even in the midst of it being spanning multiple episodes. And you can just tell that this story had so much more that it wanted to give. And so again, this is one of the reasons why I'm so frustrated with the fact that we couldn't get our full 14 episodes because I really feel like this was one that was supposed to go on and on. It could easily follow in the footsteps of a procedural law drama in the States, from States, you know, like Bones, (laughs) Um, I keep thinking about Bones, but that's the one I think most is most similar to um, where you could go on for multiple seasons and have these multiple different cases, of course. But then also watching um, our lawyer continue to kind of grow and develop throughout this kind of in this new version of himself. Now, we can't talk about our you know, wonderful $1 lawyer without talking about his little team that he creates. So um, Ireland $1 lawyer is, you know, he works in his little law office by himself. It's a rinky dink looking place, but you know, it's very cozy. Um, And he has an assistant who works there with him. Um, I don't even do you call him assistant. Yeah, he like it's like an office assistant. So basically, he takes care of things around the office and he helps him do you know run little errands and all that kind of stuff. And his name is Samu Jung, and he's played by the actor Park Jin Woo. And he is and their little friendship and their relationship is just adorable. And they're so funny together. <laughs> They're so funny together, but they're like peas in the pod and they, they run things, you know, they take care of their business or whatever, but in the midst of them, you know, just doing what they do, they end up taking in a, um, kind of, I don't know how you would say this or how you explain this, but basically she's like an assistant who is kind of graduating from, um, like her, the training institute. She's like a prosecutor assistant. And then she ends up graduating from the institute. And then she needs to take on like an internship, basically. So before she can be allowed or before her grandfather, who is the kind of, um, who owns this famous law firm, before he allows her to kind of join his law firm, she has to kind of prove herself a little bit. And he forces her to work at um, Ji Hyun's law office. And I love that setup. So she has to kind of go on, you know, she does, they have, they get up on the rough start. So it's like, obviously he's not the easiest person to get along with because he's so wacky and so weird at times. And she's a little bit like annoyed and she thinks she's, she knows what she's doing. She doesn't need any help. She, she's like, I got this. And, you know, so they immediately get off to the wrong foot, off on the wrong foot. But as soon as he 
you know, allows her in. And he's like, okay, she's my intern, basically. She's working under me. I'm going to help her get through this process so that she can, you know, go on. He takes it on like he's, you know, a teacher, obviously, to this um, to this um, young lawyer, prosecutor. And her name is Baek Mahdi, and she's played by the actress Kim Ji-un. And they've worked together, Nam, um, Namkung and um, Ji-un have worked together and I mean they've worked together multiple times I think like three dramas together now but either way they work together again and you can tell the chemistry between these two as actors are just through the roof they are so good together they are so good together they just seem really they play off of each other really really well that could just also be the characters and the way that the story was written but their characters played off of each other so well they knew how to be super funny with each other but they also knew how to kind of break down each other's walls they also knew how to kind of you know pick at one another and kind of poke fun of one another they and they were so helpful to one to each other they were so adorable together and and that's not to even say without, you know, with his um, office assistant too, the, the Mujong character, all three of them together, they were highlights. I mean, like watching them in a scene together was just, mwah, I ate it up. So fun. They played out, they just bounced off of each other. It was just so magnetic watching those three on screen together. Um, but highlighting characters I gotta highlight one of my absolute favorite actors, and I've talked about him recently in uh, my curtain call, my, my curtain call first impressions. The actor Choi Dae Hoon, he plays the character So Bin Hyuk, and he works in the prosecutor office, and he knows Mari, and he kind of like wants to marry her, and he wants to marry into her family because she comes from this kind of wealthy law f- family of lawyers, attorneys, um, and he's trying to like you know woo her but he is hilarious he in the past in the prosecutor office worked with Ji Hyun because again he used to be a prosecutor at one point um and then we have the the other um, prosecutor who works there in the office Na Ye Jin played by Gong Min Jung and so they have their own kind of chemistry in the prosecutor office and then the prosecutor office and our one dollar lawyer office they have their interactions a lot and their chemistry is just over just through the roof and it's just so much fun to watch on screen so much fun to watch Um, and I just am so regretful. I'm so regretful that we cannot get more of their stories because you could tell the way that the story was written, it was written to continue. There are so many elements that we were are, were supposed to explore, like the relationship between our prosecutor, prosecutors, Min Hyuk and Ye Jin. Over time, you could see that they were kind of getting closer and closer in a way that wasn't just, you know, colleagues. And I think we were, were supposed to follow their story and what was going to happen maybe with their relationship. Same thing with Ji Hun and Mari. Obviously, you know, Ji Hun has a history of, uh, you know, a tumultuous relationship in that he lost the love of his life. And so in his eyes, we don't really see him falling in love with anyone else. Like there's no one, no one else could replace the love of his life. But at the same time, Mari takes so much interest in Jihan. She looks up to him as a lawyer, as an attorney, prosecutor, of course, but she also, you can tell, you know, she really was taken to him. She was really starting to be taken with him. And I believe we're supposed to see how that was to develop as well. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm just regretful. I'm just heartbroken that we didn't get to see all of this. I'm really hurt that we didn't get to see all of this. And I don't think we will. I don't know if there's going to be anything that comes from after this, given the kind of inter- the conflicts that led to this, this drama being cut down from 14 episodes. Um, and I'm, I'm heartbroken. I'm heartbroken. But that is One Dollar Lawyer. It is one of the most entertaining procedural legal K-dramas out there. And I would recommend it, like I said, to anyone. And I got such a kick out of it. And the thing that I valued most about this drama was definitely this kind of aspect of this lawyer who only, who takes on cases for only a dollar. And his goal is to basically do the absolute best he can 
with only taking $1 from his client and to prove how much you should be able to, to give to others that have nothing to do with monetary gain, right? And it's obviously easy for him because we find out he's quite wealthy. So that's one thing. Um, but it also it just also means like, yeah, then do what you need to do as far as someone who has the privilege to then go and help others. So it's just, it was just refreshing to watch a character like um, Jihun and I miss him already. And I really wish we could have continued the story longer. Um, and it's a shame. I think it's an absolute shame. Absolute shame. But those are my kind of final impressions of $1 Lawyer. And so now I'm going to go ahead and move into Mental Coach. And with Mental Coach, I talked a lot about it. I know, I know I talked a lot about Mental Coach. After my first impressions, I went on to talk about Mental Coach in other episodes. And I wasn't even sure I needed to do a final impressions of Mental Coach because I have talked so much about it. Like everybody knew exactly how I felt about Mental Coach. But I definitely did want to spend a little bit more time to kind of discuss the ending for sure of Mental Coach um, and kind of where I left off when I discussed about the relationships um, and the complexities of them in this in this drama. So mental coach, and I'm like, I'm not going to even go into a synopsis because again, I've talked about mental coach a lot, but with mental coach, the big thing that I adored most about it was of course, was Jagal, our title character, um, and his interactions with all of the, uh, kind of people in his camp. You know, he had all of his clients, the, the, the people that he coached, uh, but then he also had his kind of team that he, um, uh, that helped him with kind of solving some bigger issues in this society and not even society, but like in this kind of micro um, society in this kind of sports arena that he operates in. And I love those interactions. I loved how those characters interacted with him and how he interacted with them. Um, But I also loved how it ended up showing us in the end how he was escaping and hiding from his actual self even though he was interacting with all these people who he was hoping and expecting for them to be their full selves with him. And boy, oh boy, when that kind of full circle moment showed its head at the end of this drama, I I said, aha, and then shed some tears because it was beautiful. It was so beautiful seeing this character who from the minute we meet him is limping. Um, and he's limping um, because he was injured as a, you know, as a national athlete. And after being injured and the trauma that he endured after that, he basically continued to limp um, as a kind of ghost phantom um, kind of symptom from this trauma. Though he was technically no longer injured, he was completely healed, he was fine. And it's only until he meets our wonderful and our lovely um, that he is all of a sudden able to walk normally and no longer with a limp. And it's kind of like this sudden moment it hits him that this interaction with this young girl, um, sorry, young woman, because let me catch myself because I don't want people going there. Young woman, this woman, (laughs) his interaction with this young woman who he immediately identifies with. He's himself in her. He sees that he has to help and heal this girl because he can see what she's going through. He labels her and he puts on her his self, like as in like, oh, I know why you're this way because, you know, because that's how I was or, you know, he see he keeps putting that on her. And she, in the early beginning stages of their interactions, lets him know, hey, that's not my issue. Hey, stop doing that. That's not me. You're putting that on me. And I remember loving that. I love that she kind of recognized what he was doing, even when he thought he was being, you know, doing his job as a mental coach. He's like, I'm just, you know, helping. I'm just coaching. I'm just helping you through this mental situation. I'm I'm helping you. And all the while he was not. He was, I mean, he was, let me say, oh, he was definitely helping her. But at the same time, it's not helpful to be putting something on someone um, that's not there. And what he realizes towards the end of this, this story um, is that 
he was doing that because he was still not facing himself, his younger self and who he was and who he ignored growing up and who, you know, this little boy that had been so used to being alone and abandoned and having to fight for everything. He kind of had ignored that. And so he would look for it in other people. And he saw that in her and he was like, oh, if I can heal this person, I heal this person, I heal this person who's, you know, remotely, you know, reminds me of my kind of, you know, inner child, then I'm healing myself. And it wasn't the case. Instead, he was just hiding. He was just hiding from that. He was just never addressing that issue. And so it was wonderful to see this person who was in this mental health kind of profession, this thing that he completely identified with, um, where he was putting at charge himself to um, help other people with their mental health issues, while at the same time being someone who is immensely struggling with his own mental health um, and and isn't very accepting of it again until he is again, you know? And I, I loved watching that journey. I love watching the journey, someone broken and someone struggling, also still finding purpose in their life and still finding where they can be needed and helpful and and working through that and going and, and presenting themselves in that way. But also they're not perfect. They're struggling. They have a lot that they're still dealing with. He mentions his anger at times and and he and he still is aware of that this is who he is. Um, and he knows that, but he's saying that a part of that, you know, a part of him recognizing like these are the things I know are wrong with me is a part of the healing process, right? And he tries to kind of be a mirror to a lot of his um, clients that he's coaching and he's working with. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, but the kind of other elephant in this room is the relationship that he has with our Ta Ga'ul character, who is a young woman, um, young athlete, who has dealt with some traumatic things throughout her time as an athlete. And she is, you know, obviously struggling when he meets her. Um, And we watch her process and her um, progress through, you know, this kind of mental coaching that she receives with Jay Gile that helps her become a better in the end, you know, a better woman, a better athlete in the end of it all. And again, watching the process of this healing is just beautiful. It's just so lovely. And this is why you got it. It's all about the characters, man. If you don't love these characters, if you don't relate to these characters, or you don't support these characters, then it doesn't matter what happens to them in the, from the beginning to the end. But with each of these characters, the way they set them up, I cared about them and I wanted to see their journey all the way to the end. And I just wanted everything to work out for her and I wanted her to be happy. I just wanted her to be just uncontrollably happy by the end of this story. And when I tell you it happened, <laughs> I cried. Oh my goodness, I cried. But but again, this is what I enjoyed most about this story is this relationship between all the different characters, but specifically Jegal and Gaul, because one of the things I talked about was that I was unsure in the beginning of what I was supposed to be getting from their relationship. At first, it felt like, you know, you know, that the age gap, the kind of, you know, the age gap situation positioned them with like kind of, you know, brother, sister um, kind of dynamic plus client um, and coach situation. So mental coach situation. So it was like they were definitely in like this relationship that should not at any point progress towards anything romantic, right? Um, Or so I felt or so I thought in the beginning. So I didn't put them together at all. I kind of saw the story um, putting Jay Gal with um, Sung Ha, who was his former psychiatrist or ex-psychiatrist. I kind of saw that happening, but then I also thought that was a little icky because I was like, she, you know, it's his ex-psychiatrist and she's still trying to like, you know, psychoanalyze him all the time. And I just was unsure about that. So I was like, these little, these kind of relationships were very complex and complicated. And I love that because it had me just like unsure as to exactly which route they were going to go with these these relationships and kind of how it ended up. I also was mentioning how this story didn't even need a romance or a romantic relationship in any way in this storyline. The 
it was enough watching their journeys through the, their mental health healing. That, w- that was all this story was about, and that was all I cared about, and that was worth it. I didn't need anything else. But as I saw it happening, I was like, oh my goodness, there's going to be a little bit of romance kicking off here. And as I saw it happening, I was questioning it. I was a little unsure. I was like, wait, what are they going to do? How is this going to work? Am I, is this reasonable? Is this going to work out? And the way that they ended the story so that these two, Ta'ul and Jagad, actually were in a romantic set up was magical because when we you know get towards the end of the the drama Ga'ul has admitted to Jagal that she has feelings for him that she likes him that she's in love with him she's like I know I've never felt this before for anyone I know this is different this is this is real this is serious and you know what I'm also accepting the fact that you do not view me in that light and that you may not love me in that way ever I am okay with that that's a part of love that's part of first love is sometimes just straight up rejection and I get it and she by this point has been working through her mental health journey and so her getting to that point was beautiful and he even acknowledges how beautiful that moment is for her to be like you know what I'm okay I'm in love with you and you don't view me that way I'll I'll be okay I'll I'll survive and I love that moment but then you know it continued on with this this kind of presentation of yeah, she just loves him and he is not, he's looking at her like, oh, sweet little child. You know, that's how he looks at her in a way. And it was like, oh, sad. You know, I kind of wanted her to get what she wanted in that. But I was also okay with Jay Giles' approach to, to their relationship because, again, it started off in a, in a totally non-romantic sense. So for it to just all of a sudden switch on his end, you know, wasn't very feasible either. But what they do in the story towards the end that makes this switch for Jagal viewing her in a light that is romantic so accept, makes me accept it so easily and makes it so wonderful for me was that the entire time Jagal was he was hiding the entire time he's been hiding. And that is not something that I was completely aware of throughout the entire story until we got closer and closer to the end was how much he was hiding who he really was or the person that he wanted to present to everyone. That's what he was giving them. And then there was this other version of him that he had locked away. This 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 version of him that he had completely uh, faced and healed and worked on. And it was only and towards this very dramatic moment of him, you know, being close to death nearly, that he kind of has this moment of realizing that, like, the reason why I can't love anyone or view anyone in a kind of romantic or loving sense is because I have to love that version of me that I have hidden and locked away. (sighs) When I tell you, I cried. I cried, I cried, I cried. Because it was just beautiful to see that switch where it was like oh here's the light bulb here's the light bulb moment aha this is my problem and so it made so much sense that the entire time that Gaul is kind of confessing her love for him and she's just like I don't understand why we can't be more you know all throughout that process why he was just like no 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 it's because he didn't know how to love her he didn't even know how to love to then view her in this way of being in love with her he couldn't do it he he literally could not do it um, until he had made the connection between the fact that he has to love himself he has to go in and find that inner version of him that he has hidden away and and say hey I love you too you're okay I want you to be healthy and healed as well and then we can move forward and bring other people into our lives and our space and love them too Ah, when he made that connection and then his kind of feelings and kind of mode and mood towards Ga'ul changed, I was like, this is magic. This is beautiful. I love this. I love the way they did this. When I tell you writing, superb. Like the way that they were able to make that so convincing was just like, that is great storytelling because I wasn't completely there. I was slow on that, on picking that up, the entire drama. And so I really appreciated that moment so much for its storytelling and for its beautiful writing. I really appreciated it and for its character development. Oh my gosh, I loved it. And so when we get to this end of 
um, like this very end scene of Gaul and Jagal kind of the beautiful moment. I I have to admit, I told my best friend who doesn't watch K-dramas, but I told her about this this moment after you know she's been following the the story and kind of my thoughts on it and so she was very aware of what was happening in the story so when i explained to her this moment this final scene of him um, picking up ice skating because he wanted to do something he had never done before he wanted to try something he had never tried before well jagaul had also made the same decision that she was going to pick up something and try something she had never tried before in her life um, and mind you they both were saying this and they were doing these activities. She was learning how to play guitar and he was learning ice skating. But what they really were talking about was learning, trying um, something new, like loving someone. That's something that was new to both of them. And so they all, like, while they were saying that, I was picturing them talking about, you know, falling in love and being in love with someone. Um, and so he, you know, calls her out to come meet him at the ice skating rink and He's on one side of the skating rink, struggling to skate, um, struggling. He's definitely struggling. And of course, she's our speed skater. So she's on the other side yelling at him, like, what are you doing? Why are you over there like flailing? Like, what What do you want? You know, she's screaming at him from across the, uh, from across this ice skating rink. And he's like, oh, hold up. I'm going to come to you. I'm, I'll come to you. And it's just so metaphorical and so meaningful him yelling that out to her that I'll come to you because the entire time she had been standing there saying hey I'm in love with you and he was like no 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 and at this point um, in this space that she's very comfortable in which is ice skating he is not comfortable in and he's struggling to skate across the the skating rink to meet her in the middle and he's coming he's like I'll come to you and he's coming to her and this moment of him coming to her and meeting her halfway finally they don't even really have to say much right he literally is like okay let's go let's give this a try I'm ready and she just is smiling she just smiles from ear to ear and it's just so magical and so beautiful and just thinking about it again I literally am getting emotional because it was just a very meaningful moment and very like I said metaphorically you could see the metaphor written across the entire screen like oh my gosh it was beautiful it was beautiful Um, and I think that as a summation for this drama was exactly what I wanted was exactly what I needed Um, it was the the result of what it looks like to actually process and and be on a journey um, of healing and I was just so so grateful to have watched that journey for Jagal and Gaul and I'm just amazed by yeah another amazing well written drama this year man so I loved Mental Coach Jagal. That is my final impressions. I have nothing else to say. I really, I mean, I could have, like I said, I did a whole episode by itself. And I I was like, you know what? I don't need to go into all that detail. I just need to tell them that I loved it. And I think that's enough. (laughs) So that is it. That's my final impressions, guys, of Mental Coach Jagal. And also my final impressions or kind of overall impressions of $1 Lawyer. These two were highlights for me this year. um, And I am very saddened by the kind of results of $1 Lawyer and kind of the, the fact that we won't be getting a continuation of this amazing story, this amazing procedural legal drama that they have set up. I am I am so regretful that this is not a thing that I won't be able to tune in for years to come. Oh my gosh. Um, but then also Mental Coach, I love the way that that was a total full story. It felt complete right up to the end. Um, yes, I will say little caveat, um, Like I said, with $1 Lawyer, the caveat was that you could see the switch when the story was basically trying to speed up, speed itself up so that can get to the end and wrap up the whole story. You could see it. It did. It was noticeable, but it also did not take away from my love from this drama. But then my little caveat with Mental Coach, and this is something similar to the writer. She did the same thing with Angry Mom, I believe, where there's this kind of overarching kind of larger story or kind of plot that the the characters are fighting against and 
it's usually in this kind of high profile cases type situation where you're dealing with these big name people in these big high positions and it's like the man trying to you know climb up to the top to knock all those people down like that is very similar to the kind of set up an angry mom as well um and sometimes sometimes you can get a little lost in that well at least the story can get a little lost in that and it can seem a little um heavy-handed a little um like a reach you're like okay now really you know (laughs) like sometimes you're like they're not that um you know what's the word they're not that much of a uh, I don't know. So they're not that capable of making that much change in those types of positions or whatever. Sometimes it just feels like, okay, well, they did all of that, you know, and I, and even me saying this, yes, sometimes you just suspend your disbelief. <laughs> and I did that. Trust me, I did that. So it wasn't a big problem for me, but I know for some people that can be a little distracting from some of the other great stuff that this, this drama had. And I hate that, but also I don't, I didn't mind it very much. I didn't mind it at all, honestly, but I can see people finding some issues with that kind of overarching story being a little, a little heavy handed, a little heavy handed. Just, I mean, cause there was like this whole speech moment in the end there. I was like, really? That was... <laughs> And the same thing with Angry Mom, like there's grand speech of like society and society's evil ways and everyone should just adjust. You know, I, I can't believe you young folks don't understand that this is the way the world works. You know, that that was a little heavy handed, a little heavy handed. But again, did not take away at all from my love of this drama. So I think I'm done. I, I think I've talked to Nink. I gave you all I need to give, but I definitely would love to say I highly recommend these. I highly recommend these dramas. If you haven't given them a chance, it is totally worth it, I think, to check these out. Um, and if you did watch them, let me know what your thoughts were about them and kind of did you enjoy them at all? Did you find any issues with them? Um what did you think about the uh, kind of one dollar lawyer situation if you ended up watching that um and what did you think about the jai the, the cha cha gaul and jaygal kind of relationship did you think it made sense did you not agree with that did you prefer him maybe to go down the route with the psychiatrist let me know let me know um but i i think that's all i got i think i'm all done i want to thank you all so much for listening to me because boy oh boy i know i can go <laughs> but i want to thank you so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or the afternoon or the evening i hope you have a great day so everyone it's been real lola's off